Good evening, everybody. Uh, it is Tuesday night. We're going to be finishing up the book of Luke tonight. As always, if you're watching this after the fact, uh, just hang on or skip ahead to about the four, uh, five minute mark and you should be at, at, at the class. Thank you. Hi, Linda. You are the first one tonight. Congrats. How you doing? Good to, good to have you on here tonight. Who else is out there? Joanne, Joanne second. Yeah, good. Good to see you as well. Just getting my screen figured out here. Evening, Joanne. So we got Linda, we got Joanne. Who else is out there tonight? Anybody else yet? Joe and Marlene are here. Good evening to both of you. Another beautiful day. Man, it has been awfully good here the last, I don't even know how many days. It's been really nice. Who else is out there tonight? We are going to be finishing up our look at the Gospel of Luke. I know we had some delay in there with the summer break, but we're finishing it up tonight, chapter 24. Hi, Pam. Good evening. Looking like we have a good group gathering here. We'll give it our usual three, four minutes before we start, so... I'll just have your Bibles ready and your worksheets ready, and we'll we'll get going there. Ron and Joan, good evening. How are you tonight? So we kind of have a rare case tonight where we've only got one book to go through. So um, should be a Hopefully, good, plenty of time for good discussion. Hey, Phil. Phil, Phil wants us to guess how many books we've done since we studied this online Bible study. Maybe I want to throw out a guess. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say 13, Phil. That's my guess. 13. Uh, yeah, I'm doing okay, Ron and Joan. Doing, doing all right. It's uh. August is here, so it's it's time to kind of start gearing up again for school and, and getting ready for things. So pretty quiet this week, and then it's going to start getting real busy again. 23rd. Wow, I would not have guessed that, Phil. I would not have guessed that. Um, we're making good progress, then. We are a third of the way uh, through the Bible, and uh, not going to stop anytime soon, right? We'll see how far we can get. We'll just keep on going. Hi, Pat. Good evening. Glad to see you with us tonight. We're going to give it another couple of minutes before we start. So I have Luke 24 ready to go and your worksheet's handy. And we'll get started soon. I was wondering if, uh, well, I'll give it a minute or two before I ask. Hi, Marge. 
Good evening. Hope you're doing well. So when I sat down tonight to set up for Bible class, I realized the last two weeks I have not hooked up my microphone. Um, I have it now, but I did not have it the last two weeks. Can you tell a difference or no? Is the microphone doing anything for us or is it not? I'm going to guess you haven't noticed a difference, but I'd be curious. I would be curious to know what you thought. Two more minutes and then we'll get started. Two more minutes. Hi, Joel. Good evening. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe that means the speaker on my laptop is better than I thought it was. Or maybe it means I don't know how to hook up the microphone. That, that could be the case, too. Um, yeah, I'm just going to test something real quick. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. All right. Jane, Jean, Joan, and Glenn are here. Good evening, everybody. Glenn, I was wondering if you'd be on tonight. Are you uh are you bummed about the Josh Hader trade or are you are you okay with it? Um Linda says, did the whole Bible with a pastor who wrote and taught it in the second time? Wow, so so Linda's been through it a couple of times. We're gonna hopefully um We'll hopefully get there. Judy, good evening. Welcome. Uh, so Phil reminded us, Luke is our 23rd book that we've studied together uh, doing this online format on YouTube. So making some good progress. Tonight we finish up Luke 24. And then in the email this week, you will be receiving worksheets for the book of Proverbs. Um, we had, I think, three requests for Proverbs and uh, so we're going to go with that. Um, so there are going to be uh, six worksheets coming your way here um, in the email this week. Yeah, Marlene and Joe, I was a little bummed too. I understand why they did it, um, but he was a favorite of mine. So um, Jane says, Glenn's okay. Doesn't know if she is. Yeah, tough to see those kinds of players go as much as I understand the, the business of it all. All right, uh, Pam, I do too, and I am glad we're, we're still at this. Let's pray, and then we can jump into our study. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, you continue to bless us in so many ways. Another beautiful day outside, another chance to gather with, with your people tonight to study your word. Bless this hour, bless our time together. Help us to be encouraged, help us to grow in faith, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, tell you tell you why what, Marlene? Um, tell you why what? We are going to finish Luke tonight. We are in chapter 24. So I said a little earlier, um, kind of a rare thing for this class anyway, where we only have one chapter to go through. So especially tonight, I would say, I mean, feel free to ask all kinds of questions because we're going to have, I think, plenty of time to cover this chapter. So, um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll just kind of go at the pace you want to set tonight, but, um, oh yeah. So Marlene, I think if they had waited a year, they would have gotten less for him because his contract expires next year. Um, he was due to make a lot more money 
And with the other pitchers coming up, they weren't going to be able to afford all three of them. So I get why they did it. Um, but it doesn't mean I necessarily like it either. Um, Ron and Jones says an extra copy of the people's Bible for Proverbs when somebody liked to have it. If anybody wants that, uh, let them know. I, I'll say they're handy books. Um, could be nice to have, especially in a class like this. Uh, thanks for that offer there, Ron and Joan, and, and feel free somebody to speak up. All right, so uh, Luke 24, the good news. Uh, we last week, of course, saw what happened as Jesus gave his life for all of us. Now in chapter 24, we see the victory here, um, even though maybe the followers of Jesus were a little slow to pick up on the victory. Um, and it's interesting, too. I, I've always thought this. when. So the Bible spends a lot of time on the crucifixion, and rightly so. Um, we learn all about the things that Jesus said while he was up there. Um, but then you get to Easter Sunday, and it it almost seems subdued. Um, just it's, it's just very matter of fact. Like the people at the moment, I don't think understood the gravity of what was happening, and it's just kind of interesting to read. So we get to the first twelve verses here. Jesus has risen. Um, try to first question says try to put yourself in the shoes of one of the women who who went to the tomb. What's going through your mind? And it's so hard because we've heard this so many times. We know the Easter account so well. So it's maybe hard for us to do this. But um, what's what's going through your mind? If you're one of the women, one of the disciples at the tomb, um, what is, what's, what's your mindset? What are your emotions? What are you thinking at that time? Any, any thoughts on that? I, it, sometimes I think it's worthwhile to put ourselves in the shoes of the people who were, who were there. Um, you know, you look at verse five and the women were frightened, right? They, they were wondering, they didn't know what happened. Um, what's maybe going through your mind? So Linda says sadness and grief. Um, yeah, they lost their, their teacher, their friend. Um, Marlene and Joe say surprise. Yeah, not every day you see an angel, right? Um, Ron and Joan can hardly believe it, right? Um, what do you make of it? Obviously, the body isn't there. Um, yeah, Joanne, I, we dread that, don't we? Going to the funeral of a loved one, um, visiting their their marker perhaps at the cemetery. Um, it's a somber thing for sure, not something you look forward to. So Gene, perhaps wondering where'd the body go? Who took it? Um, Judy has some questions there too. Um, some confusion going on for sure in, in the mind, I would imagine. Uh, Melissa says, very surprising. Uh, and that's the thing, too. I, I mean, Jesus, he, it's not like he didn't give them hints, right? He told them this quite often, um, especially the closer they got to these events. He, he started to really try to help them understand. But it's one of those things, I, I mean, it, to, to even begin to understand the plan or conceptualize what was going to happen had to be so hard for them. Um Melissa says, even having had the Bible her whole life, if someone I knew was suddenly alive, yeah, that 
that'd be a lot to take in, wouldn't it? And and so much of who God is and what he can do are, are, are outside our ability to understand it and comprehend it. So bewildered, perhaps, is another word we would throw out here. Um, so I think we can appreciate what they're going through um, as they go to the tomb. Phil says it's probably a great thing to have these women be the first to the tomb. Why do you say that, Phil? I um, Why do you say that? I, I think I know what you're suggesting, but why... Why do you make that observation? It's probably good to have them be the first. I think verse 8 um, is helpful here too. Um, and as some of you maybe were hinting at that in your answer. They remembered his words eventually, right? They, After the initial fright and bewilderment, they're able to connect these events to what he said. So there's faith there. Um and I don't know if this is where you're going, Phil, but when you look at their reaction, verses 9 and 10 and 11 and 12, they're ready to tell it. They're ready to share it. Um, they go right to the disciples to let them know. Um, absolutely, Linda. I think there's joy once they've understood it, right? Absolutely joy. Uh, what a turnaround. They walk up there as Joanne said earlier, like they're going to a funeral, but then the joy to turn around and share this awesome news. Um, Joanne said, husband always said the women were first because Jesus knew they would tell others easier than the disciples. Yeah. Um, and Phil, I think is kind of saying the same thing there, just their, their ability to communicate it. Um, probably worked better than the other way around, right? We joked on Sunday, I think that was, maybe two Sundays ago, how, was that a church? Um, how husbands don't always share the news with their wives very well, right? Um, and then it says the men ran to double check. Yeah, they had to see it for themselves. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and as I think that's how we took it, Phil, absolutely. Um, good qualities, and so, yeah, there's something to that. Um, the Lord knows what he's doing, right? When he chooses things to play out the way that they do. So they get there. The angel says to them, verse 6. Well, verse 5, he says, why do you look for the living among the dead? Then verse 6, he's not here. He's risen. Um, remember how he told you? And then he... They go on to say what the message was, right? The Son of Man must be crucified and raised again. Um, what does the angel's proclamation mean for you? Phil's got the question posted there. Good timing. Um, what does the angel's proclamation mean for you? Marlene says she thinks they're all in shock because they saw Jesus tortured and executed. Yeah, that. I mean, that's so fresh in their minds, right? And then this is such a quick turnaround, right? A couple days, that's a dramatic shift and certainly unexpected. The mind doesn't necessarily comprehend all of that so well. All right, so what does the angel's proclamation mean for you? So Jane says, he arose and we will too, right? Um, I mean, that's really the, the main thought, isn't it? I mean, how many times did Jesus say that? Because I live, you will live. I am the resurrection and the life. Um, 
that's the key here because he did this. We will too. Um, and Ron and Jones say, uh, it happened just as he said, he rose like he said he would. He also said, we're going to rise. So that's, that's true as well, right? This, this is true. This, um, and all of Christianity hangs on the resurrection, by the way. If the resurrection uh, isn't true, we, we've got nothing, right? In the Corinthians, Paul talks about that at length. Without the resurrection, our, our faith is futile. This is so key to our faith. Um, a lot of good writing and study has been done on, on how the resurrection is the core uh, of, of Christianity. Judy says, Jesus' promises have been fulfilled. Yeah, we teach the catechism, kids, because... Jesus rose, that, that proves a couple of things for us. It proves that his word is true. It proves that he's God's son. It proves that our sins are forgiven and, and we're going to go to heaven. Um, the resurrection proves an awful lot of promises and gives us so much reason for hope and comfort. Linda says it gives hope and truth. Um, and we know already, yep, we are saved. We know that for sure. All right, anybody else there? Um, number two. So the next section here on the road to Emmaus, um, only in Luke, it's not in the other Gospels. Um, I, I just love these verses. I I don't, I don't even know. I, I just love the approach here that Jesus takes with these two guys. And he, he leads them to the word, right? Because he knows that's what's going to connect. Um, I, I just love, I, we get a lot of pictures of Jesus in the Bible, a lot of images of him in the gospels. And to me, this one, just walking with these two guys, um, talking through things with them, just to me is just an, a, a neat picture of, of who Jesus is. So, on the road to Emmaus, you're probably aware that there's a famous painting that portrays this. Um, so verse 13 starts out, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. It, it even tells us that's about seven miles from Jerusalem. So um, Phil says, do we really know who these two were? Um That's a really good question. I don't know that we know that for sure. It says in verse 18, Cleopas is one of them. Um, I don't think we know who the other is. I'm sure there have been guesses made there, but I, to my knowledge, the other one isn't named. Uh, Linda says uh, her granddaughter came out of Sunday school at Pilgrim. So excited about the best story she heard, her favorite story about the rock. Um, she was three. Um, I assume, Linda, you're talking about the rock rolled away from the tomb. Um, so first, the question here says, why were the two disciples so surprised at Jesus' question? Um, Ron and Jones said this was the talk of the town. Um, and and just think about that for a minute, too. Um what does Jesus do, right? He, he uses that as an opportunity uh, to talk and connect with these guys. And um, I, I don't think much was different than 
to now, right? They don't have the Facebook and all those kinds of things, but there's still a buzz about what's going on. And, and the events of life are always such great opportunities for us uh, to connect people with Jesus. As Phil says there, uh, yeah, conversation starter, right? Um, Marge says, because they thought everybody knew what happened to Jesus. Yeah, just so, how could you not know, right? How could you not know what happened? Um, the news spread all over the place. Um, so they get chatting a little bit. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the video. Uh, Sin had put out a video called The Road to Amasa. I don't know, four years ago-ish, maybe. Um, I think they do a nice job of, of portraying how this might have gone. Um, and it's a nice teaching tool if you have a friend or a neighbor who doesn't know a lot about Jesus Um just handing them that video could, could be helpful. I think we have a bunch of them here at church if you need one. Um, um, interesting, Ron and Joan. I, I had never heard that. Um, I've always seen it portrayed as, as two guys, but I don't know that I can comment much further without uh, doing a little bit more study. And that reminds me, by the way, I, I think we need somebody on this um, to be a, I need somebody to volunteer to jot down all of the things during class that I tell you, I'm going to do a little bit more looking at to get back to you. Uh, because inevitably I forget those things and then I get to class and I remember, Oh, I was supposed to look into something and I, and I, I forget about it. So if somebody on here would be willing to volunteer to email or text me after class, the things I say that I'm supposed to look up, uh, that would be helpful. Um, all right, so um, where are we at here? So th they're talking, and eventually here, um, eventually here, Jesus ends up rebuking those these two guys. Why does he rebuke them, and how does Jesus help them? Why does Jesus rebuke them, and how does he help them? So Melissa says, he was like, don't you understand this is what all the scripture has been talking about? <laughs> and then he walks them through it. Yeah, he, he kind of rebukes them. They should have known, right? They, they knew their Old Testament. They knew the Bible. They, they should have known. Um, and then he walks them through. He spells it out for them. He walks them through scripture, um, which is a great example for us as parents, as teachers, as pastors. Um, just walk them through God's word, right? Walk them through the Bible. Um, but interesting here, so he basically says to them, you guys should have known. Can you think of any time in life when Jesus could have said that to you as well? Um, he says, you should, basically he's telling these guys, hey, you, you should have had this figured out here. Can you think of time when, when maybe Jesus should say that or could say that to you and I as well? Thanks for the reference there, uh, Joe, and I'll have to 
check that out. I just, yeah, I have not heard that before. I, I can't argue with it. I, I guess again, I don't think we're told for sure. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it happens a lot to us, doesn't it, Joel? So Judy says here they've they'd been with him, and still didn't believe it. And and I think seeing is believing, right? And, and until we see something, it's really hard for us to to put our faith in it. Um, and that's what makes faith such a miracle. Hebrew says faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Um, so yeah, I, I guess. Back to the question, you know, when would Jesus say these this this thing to us? Um, I, I think anytime we go through hardship and we lose our focus on Jesus, we forget his promises, we we struggle to put our trust in him, all those times he he could say the same thing to us. How how slow you are to believe, right? How foolish and slow you are to believe. Um Phil says they're still focused on the human aspect of, and maybe they didn't trust Jesus would talk the talk and walk the walk. Um, do you mean there, Phil, that he wouldn't keep his promises? Is that is that what you mean? Um, Joel says when we forget to call on him in time of need, that's a big one. Uh, when we forget to pray and, and take our requests to him. Um, and then, of course, we worry and fret and, and all that. And, and he works it out and we end up being blessed and okay. And he, he ought to say, Hey, you should have known, right? Um, all right. Maybe good enough there. So as you look at this account as a whole, so he walks through, he walks with them, talks through the old Testament with them. Um, verse or question five, what does this teach us about the old Testament? Melissa's got an answer here to the last question. When it feels like God has left, but God was always there, and he could say, you should have known. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times in life, it can feel like he's not there. He's not listening. He's not watching or helping. He is, right? But we convince ourselves or that Satan convinces us that he's not, and, and we should know, right? We should have known that. Yeah, Linda, sometimes we pray big and, and we, maybe, we maybe say, yeah, I don't know about that, right? Maybe we, we have a hard time even believing the things that we pray for. That's a good example, too. So Jane says the Old Testament prophecies come true. Okay, that's, a, yeah. Um, Jesus shows that over and over again, right? He fulfills the prophecies. Uh, Judy says that, too. And so the takeaway of that, then, is we can count on God's promises. If he's fulfilling prophecy and we see it again and again, right? A dozen, dozens of times, Old Testament prophecies are fulfilled in Christ in the New Testament. That gives us all kinds of evidence that God is going to keep his promises. Uh, what else does this teach us about the Old Testament here? What else? What else does this teach us about the Old Testament? So, you know, look at verse 27. It says, Jesus, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, 
he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Um, Jesus didn't have the New Testament to share with them that hadn't been written yet. So clearly, Jesus shows us here, the Old Testament gives us a sufficient picture of Jesus um, to be saved, right? To have faith. Um, so Joel says the Old Testament's useful for teaching about Jesus. Uh, yeah, I think too often the Old Testament's written off um, as not really having anything to do with Christ or the gospel. And Jesus shows us here that that's not the case at all. Um, it does present us with the basic truths about the resurrection, about Jesus' death and sacrifice for us. Uh, there's a lot to be said there in that Old Testament about these things. Um, Melissa, that's a really good question. Um, why do we sometimes replace the first lesson with Acts instead of the Old Testament after Easter? Um, so the thought there, Melissa, is the first lesson is generally Bible history. And Acts gives us the history of that early church. And it comes after Easter because after that resurrection, um, the New Testament church really takes off. And, and so we see that through the Acts of the Apostles. Um, so we're kind of seeing there God's kingdom, right, growing in old and, and in new. Um, so that's kind of the idea. The act, Otherwise, without that, we wouldn't really see anything from Acts. Because um, it's not one of the Gospels, so we always have a Gospel lesson. And the first lesson really is really kind of Bible history, right? And the second lesson is usually encouragement for the churches. Um, so that would kind of, that would be at least part of the idea there. Um, so Joel said, I think Joel is referring to the Old Testament being useful here. Yeah, Franzman, um, that was written for Sunday school teachers, by the way, and a really good resource. Um Phil says, how long was the road to Emmaus? I think it said up there, I think it said seven miles, um, verse 13. Yep, uh, about a seven-mile walk. And I would imagine, too, they are not, um, they're probably not walking quickly, right? You know how you kind of stroll as you're, as you're talking. So it's plenty of time, plenty of time, Phil. Melissa said, okay, makes sense. Other Old Testament references. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is Job. Well, I mean, Elijah is taken to heaven in a whirlwind. Um, so that that teaches the people there's something after this world. Um, Enoch was taken from this world, right, and didn't, didn't die. Um, so there's a couple other quick examples. All right. Anybody? Anybody else? I even don't even remember what question we're on here. Um, oh, Old Testament. So let me let me ask this too. If if all you had was the Old Testament, how, how do I how do I want to say that? It, so if all you had was the Old Testament, what would you know of Jesus?
if all you had was the Old Testament, what would you know of Jesus? You and I get, we talk a lot about the pictures we have of Jesus. Uh, him with the children in his arms, right? the sheep and the shepherd. Um, the picture of him calming storms and healing lepers. Right? So many pictures of Jesus. If you don't have that and all you have is the Old Testament, what would you know about Jesus? I would say there are still some pretty awesome pictures there. They're just different. Anybody, what, what would you know of Jesus if you didn't have the New Testament? Any thoughts? Okay, so Joanne says, yeah, you would know that he was promised. Okay, that's really clear, right? Promise comes through throughout that Old Testament. Uh, yes, Linda, we, the Lord himself was. So Melissa says we would know he would be ruler over Israel. Okay. Jane says the prophets said he was coming, that he would die and that he'd give victory. Okay. Um, pictures filling out a little bit here. Prince of Peace. Yep. Yep. So we're already knowing a lot about him, right? He's going to come to bring peace. Um, that he's going to be a ruler. That there will be death and victory. Think of the picture of the Passover lamb, right? Think about all of the imagery there. That tells you a lot about Jesus. Innocent, uh, holy, perfect, giving you, shedding his blood for you, paying for your sins, right? There, there's all kinds of stuff in that picture. Uh, Jane says we would still know he was God's son. Yep, that's that was described clearly. Um, yeah, Melissa, good. He was going to crush the head of the devil. Um, see, in just a couple of minutes here, we're, we're really, we're getting a pretty good picture of Jesus from just from the Old Testament. Um, so don't overlook that. You know, maybe it takes a little bit more work on our part to see it. Um, but just let's, and I'm not saying we do this, but let's not be quick to write off the old. Judy says, by Jesus referencing the Old Testament, it gives credence as being God's God breathed and truthful. Absolutely. And Jesus did that a lot. And that's not by accident. Jesus often would refer back and say, well, didn't God say this here and there? Right? He would He would reference the Old Testament um, and agree with it. Yep, Phil, another good one, a messenger. So many prophecies, right? So I, the point here is um, there's a lot to be learned about Jesus just from the Old Testament. Um, yeah, although I would say, Marlene, there are, there are a fair number of, of Jews who have believed and come to faith, um, Messianic Judaism, um, I do believe, uh, looks to Jesus as savior. Um, and so let's be clear too, right? The unbelief is still going to reject it, new or old, right? Unbelief isn't more likely to believe because of the New Testament than the Old. Unbelief is unbelief. It's always a miracle when someone comes to faith. It's always God's grace. It's always the message. Um, a point, I, I guess, just to maybe close this discussion, the Old Testament is just as 
efficacious as the new, right? The Old Testament works just as well as the new. Yeah, you're right. There are some, right? There are some. And there are some that don't, and there are others that don't believe the New Testament either. Um, yeah, Jane, the prophets sure did have a hard time. Um, that's for sure. All right, let's take, let's, let's go to the next one here. So, so we talked a bit about the women earlier and they ran back to the disciples. Um, the, the two Emmaus disciples here, whoever they are, Cleopas and whoever the other one is, they have a similar reaction, right? They, they go on this long walk, seven miles back to their house. And what's their reaction? Verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Um, that's, I think says something, right? If you look at number six, what does the good news of Jesus resurrection inspire us to do? So it inspired them to, to walk the exact same journey back to Jerusalem and to spread the word. What is the, what does this good news inspire us to do? Interesting, Joanne. That's that's a phrase I haven't heard before, um, but very interesting. Thank you. Ron and Joan say, believe him and thank him and praise him. Yep, I think all of those things are true. Um, I would add one to the list. Um, I'm going to give everybody else just a second to respond to that, though. What, what does that good news lead us or inspire us to do? Jane says, be joyful. All kinds of reason for hope. All right, if Jesus could walk out of that tomb alive, stare death in the face, and win, that gives us all kinds of reason for hope. And there we go. Share it, right? Share that news. Tell people. Get out there and be a herald like last week, Sunday, a uh, week ago Sunday, right? We are heralds to proclaim that news, that good news to people. Yeah, share that wonderful news. And they did that right away. They got up, returned to Jerusalem. Um, and you can see their excitement, right? It's true. He's risen. He's appeared. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Anybody else so far? We're going to switch uh, to verse 36 and following. So... Yeah, Joanne, share what you know to be true, right? You and I know through faith that it is true. Um, so I did anything, I don't know if you caught this. So verse 34, Jesus just pops in, um, doesn't have to use doors anymore. And he, not that he had to previously, but but he did. Now he's not, right? He's just kind of popping in. Uh, he says, peace be with you. They're frightened. Verse 37, they think they saw a ghost. Um, that's not the first time they thought Jesus was a ghost. Do you remember the other time they thought he was a ghost? Anybody? The question here says, why would they think he was a ghost? You can answer that one too. Um, 
but this isn't the first time they thought he was a ghost. Do you remember what the other time was? And if you want to answer the question here, number seven, why would they think that he was a ghost? Melissa and Glenn are both right. When he was walking on the water, um, they thought he was a ghost, right? There was a storm. Uh, he was afraid. Um, and they that was the first time. So this is not new for them. And just be aware, you know, sometimes our own spiritual weaknesses, they, they're repetitive. Um, why did they think he was a ghost? Because he just appeared. Um, a couple of you said, uh, Myers and Bedelovs, he, he just appeared, even though the doors were locked. Yep. And, and finally, what had they just seen, right? Jane says, because he died. They saw it, right? They saw him dead. Um, and so again, 100% of the time that you and I have seen people dead, they've stayed dead, right? Um, so they, rationally, they jump to the fact that he's a ghost, which doesn't make any more sense that he's alive, by the way. Melissa says they were scared, like when you hear a noise in the middle of the night, you convince yourself it's an axe murderer, but it's really your air conditioner making noise. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it's kind of like that. Um, yeah, and when we're scared, we're not thinking rationally or logically, right? When we're scared, we are not thinking clearly. Um, and how did he fix it? He, he, he eats some food. He says, touch and see, right? He, he shows them right away. No, guys, come on. It's me. I'm not a ghost. He eats, eats food in, in their presence. All right. Um, and again, notice the patience of Jesus. He tolerates the, the weakness, right? He, he's patient. He works with them. And then again, what does he do? Verse 44, he goes, Hey, this is what I said, right? He points them back to his word. Um, even Jesus, the true son of God, uses the word to strengthen people. We aren't Jesus. We aren't perfect or holy or the son of God. If Jesus has to use the word to strengthen people, how much more for you and I, right? Point people back to the word. Um, Linda says she's personally very grateful for Thomas's reaction. You're right. It's not in Luke. Uh, that is in the gospel of John. Um, yeah. And I, you know, Thomas gets a bad rap, um, cause we all doubt, right. We all have our, our moments like that. Um, and so Phil, actually, I wanted to make sure to talk about that verse. So, so thank you for highlighting it. Phil is highlighting for us, uh, verse 45, it says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. That's the only way it works, by the way. Um, we aren't going to understand the scriptures on our own. It's only going to happen through Christ, through, through the Father as he sends the Holy Spirit. So we ought to be asking for it then, right? Um, whether I'm sitting down to study for a sermon that I'm going to preach, whether you are going to sit in the pew to listen to a sermon that's going to be preached, whether either of us is going to crack open our Bibles to read and prepare for a Bible class, whether you're reading your daily devotion, 
Um, we ought to start by saying, Jesus, open our hearts and our minds. Dear Jesus, send your spirit, open our eyes so we can see and understand. Uh, that's how it works. And when we don't ask for that, in a sense, we're kind of tying God's hands, right? And I think um, the word always works. It's always, it always does what God wants it to do. Um, but there's no better prayer than when you're about to, to read or to listen, there's no better prayer than to say, Lord, open my mind. Um, a lot of pastors, um, as they go up to the pulpit, that, that's maybe one of the things that they're, they're praying when they're up there, right? Lord, open our hearts and our minds. Um, so I try to remember to do that before Bible class. I try to remember to do that before Bible information class, catechism class. God wants it. So, so ask for it. It doesn't have to be long. Just ask for it. God wants to send it, send the spirit. So, so make sure to ask. All right. Um, Joel says, that's what can be thought as we pray your kingdom come. Yeah, that's, that's a good thought too. In the Lord's prayer, um, we're praying God's kingdom come to us and to others as the word is preached as you and I participate in, in that, as we share the word with others. Yeah, good. Thanks for that, pointing that verse out there, Phil. All right, question eight says, what role would the apostles play in Jesus' work? And how would the Lord equip them for their work? So he tells them, uh, so he opens their mind, um, said what's going to happen. Then verse 48 kind of gives them their marching orders. Um, but he says, hang on for a minute. Um, what role are they going to play and how does the Lord equip them? So Ron and Joan and Marge say that their role here is to spread the gospel, to share what they've seen and heard, right? To be those messengers and to equip them for that. Uh, he's going to send the Holy Spirit and to give them that power. Uh, that, of course, would happen at Pentecost. Um, and now, as you and I receive, as we hear the word, as we're baptized, that, that Holy Spirit is poured out on us as well. Um, and so as we share the word, too, the Holy Spirit is there to bless that. And Judy says they were great witnesses to all that had happened an eyewitness is always really the best speaker, right? Somebody who saw something happen is really the best speaker. And finally, too, you know, as you're sharing the gospel with friends and family, um, tell what you know, tell what you've seen, right? What have you seen God do in your life and in others? What have you seen in Jesus? Um, God has called us to be witnesses, too. Um, and Linda, certainly, Linda, we wait on and rely on the Holy Spirit as, as we do that work. Um, so then um, Luke just gives us a real brief glimpse at the ascension. I don't have a question for you on the page here. Um, but notice what happens. He blesses and leaves, and they come back with great joy. 
which maybe would be the opposite reaction that you would expect there. Why do they come back with great joy after Jesus left them? Because remember, before he died, when he told them he was going to leave, they they panicked. They didn't want to hear that. They were sad about that. Now he leaves, and they come back with great joy. Why the change? That's not on your sheet, but why why that change in them? Phil says their fears, um, their inst their instability was gone. Jesus told them exactly what to do. Marlene says they understood everything now. It, it finally clicked, right? They get it. They get the plan of salvation. They see victory. They see forgiveness. They see salvation. It's real. Uh, Melissa says they, in a way they didn't understand it before. Um, and, and now they're completely changed too, right? They're, they're not these coward cowardly, timid guys, scared people anymore. They are bold. They're out. They're sharing. They're preaching. They're proclaiming. Um, awesome to see that remarkable change. And Jane says, too, he, he's alive. He's in heaven. They're saved. How, how, how can he not be joyful? Um, how can they not be joyful? Linda says they hang out in the temple, stayed there praising God. Uh, how many people did the apostles reach? Right? I will never know the answer to that. Um, but just those 11 guys. And then you had Paul and then the church just takes off, right? And just um, awesome to see. Yes, Joel. And he, he does, right? And he helped them in big ways and, and he does that for us too. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, that's fair. Uh, the Myers there say they also probably thought he was coming back soon. Yeah, I, I don't think they know knew any better than we do when that last day was coming. Um, I think every generation has felt that it was soon. Um, Joanne says their understanding comforted them, gave them courage to speak, a courage that didn't used to be there. Yeah, awesome to see the change in those guys. And really, that's the one of the biggest arguments for the resurrection there's theories out there that that Jesus, um, he didn't rise. His body was stolen. There's theories out there that he wasn't really dead when they put him in the tomb, right? He, he just kind of was unconscious and he walked away. Um, or that somebody hid his body. One of the biggest arguments for the resurrection is looking at the disciples, that complete turnaround and change. Um, that doesn't happen if they don't see the risen Christ. Judy, that is a, a a neat observation. I don't think I picked up on before. Um, she says they Luke begins his account at the temple, and now ends there as well. That it's kind of neat. I don't think I picked up on that before. Um, interesting. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. All right, so that concludes Luke. Um, First of all, does anybody have any questions on Luke? And then, any questions on this chapter? Yeah, Linda, Luke, and, you know, I think we talked about that when we started the book. I kind of lost track of that as we went. But Luke's paid special attention to those kinds of details and the healings and the stuff that were going on. Um, and that's sure understandable. 
So Phil says, um, uh, you're right, Linda, that is a good indication that, uh, that he died, that water separating from the blood. Yep. Good. That's a good argument as well. Uh, Phil says, these 11 are chosen to build the church on, but there are many followers. Oh, yeah, there were so many. Um, so, I mean, in Luke, he sends out the 72, right? Um, there were at times hundreds and thousands of people. I think all the women that followed him. Um, Luke wasn't a disciple. Mark wasn't a disciple. Um, there's all kinds of people, it, not just the 11. Um but God's kingdom was growing through lots and lots of people. That's a good observation too. It it takes more than one, right? And um, we know about the eleven, um, but we don't know about the hundreds of others, those other faithful believers. All right. Anybody else? Other thoughts or comments here on Luke or on chapter twenty-four? Uh, it was fun going through that gospel. Kind of a really, really a, a change here going into Proverbs next week. Uh, different kind of writing, different different goal in the writing. Um, it's been a while. I haven't gone through Proverbs for in a class anyway for quite some time. Um, so it'll be fun. Uh, so those worksheets will be coming your way on Thursday. Uh, there should be six of them, so we'll take six weeks here. Um, there's a chance we'll maybe take one Tuesday off uh, toward the end of August, but I'll let you know. Um, so far, we'll just plan on, on going same time, same place, Proverbs next week. Anybody else? Questions, comments? It's only 721, but if... If we're good, then we can end a little bit early. But if um, if anybody wants, has a question, let me know. Linda says she has documentation if anyone wants to see the article or find it on the internet. There's a lot of uh, good stuff written on that too. Lee Strobel, I think, has written a, a bunch just on the resurrection. Um, a lot of good stuff out there. Yes, Phil, Proverbs written by Solomon. Um Focuses on wisdom, um, wisdom from God is the only true wisdom and the effect that has on our lives. And uh, so a lot of practical advice in Proverbs. And I'll say too, there's no way, I mean, you could spend months in Proverbs if we went a verse at a time, because one chapter is going to have 30 different ran seemingly random thoughts in it. Um, so I'm going to hit some highlights but rely on you guys. If, if there's a particular proverb that strikes you, make sure you mention it or talk about it because there's no way I'm going to cover them all uh, on the worksheets. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Talking from Proverbs, Phil, I assume, or from Luke. Um Yeah, that, that would be good, Joel. Just so I, if if there are things I need to, to do some more study on, um, my track record has been that I'm probably going to forget that from week to week. And I I should write it down, but I got a couple things in the screen and the mic and my worksheet. I'd just, it'd be helpful if somebody could send me 
things that I need to follow up on. Sure, Joanne. Yeah, maybe um, if you maybe email the office, Joanne, um, and maybe specifically direct it to Elaine. Um, she can. She she's in Thursdays, and she's the one that puts that together. So if if you just ask Elaine, she can print them for you, and she'd probably even throw them in your box because she has to go over there anyway. And Ron and Joan say we can put the book in Jean's mailbox. Okay. Yeah. So Glenn or Jane, um, next time you're in church, if you want to grab that book, Ron and Joan will put it in the mailbox. Thank you for that. And there's probably a copy over at church as well for anybody that wants to borrow one. Um, might be especially a helpful book to use the people's Bible on. Uh, nothing, Phil, other than what's been announced so far. Um, there will be more details as we get closer. 10.30 worship service on September 11th. Uh, Going to do that outdoors. Um, so plan to bring a lawn chair along. Um, we'll hopefully have tents. And then there will be a, games and food after. Um, so hope to see you all for that event as well. All right, we uh, and that's all right, Linda. Hopefully, somebody got some good use out of it, right? Um, that's not the end. There could be some good that came from that. All right, everybody. As always, appreciate it. Um, had a good discussion tonight. Thanks for your time and effort. And next week we'll be shifting gears. Going to talk about going to talk about proverbs. Yeah, I would echo echo what. Melissa said there, Linda, um, I, I trust God blessed it. I'm sure it was hard for you. I'm sure. All right, everybody. God bless you. Have a good night. Enjoy the, another, another beautiful evening. We will see everybody, uh, hopefully this weekend. Otherwise we'll see you next Tuesday night. All right. God bless. Thank you.